This is the Millennial Movement Podcast, delivering you the most exclusive insights from the top entrepreneurs and influencers from around the world. Hosted by business owner and influencer, Ricky Wynn. Now on to the show. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Ricky with the Millennial Movement Podcast, the dopest business podcast in the world. And today we have a special guest on the show, Blake Wynn. Blake, how are you doing today, bro? And how's everything been? Good, man. Excited to be here. Living in New York staying busy, all that kind of good stuff. I'm excited to be back on the show. Yeah, most definitely. You know, so if you guys haven't noticed, Blake was here earlier, you know, a couple couple episodes before he did a podcast with me. Now he's out in New York. He's in school. He has a few things that he's been doing lately. So, you know, Blake, to, to r- jump right into the show, you know, give an update what you've been doing, you know, where are you going to college at and what's, what you've been doing lately, man? I go to Fordham Business School. It's called Gabelli right here in New York City. It's been awesome. I love it. Like, it's different. You know, in high school, you take a lot of classes, whether you want to take them or not. Now you're mm-hmm. kind of taking the classes that apply to what you want to do in life. So definitely feel like I'm learning a lot of good stuff, meeting a lot of great people. You know, like to go to a college like that, you got to be motivated. You got to be willing to work and stuff like that. So it's great, you know, meeting a lot of kids like that. But more than that, I've been focusing a lot on a, a new agency I started. It's called B-Win Sports. And basically what we do is we're the first agency, really, that it's completely independent from their agency that gets them their contract with their team or whatever. We literally just get them brand deals. So I, I kind of make like the, I make the same statement, you know, 10 times a day where it's like, if you're not Odell Beckham, you're not Tom Brady, you're not LeBron, you're, you know, you don't really get brand deals. You're right. If you're not in commercials, you don't have your own shoe. Like your agents aren't really focused on that. So what we do is we take, you know, like the next tier of guys that could easily have brand deals because they have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and social media and stuff like that. They're you know, current NFL athletes. Uh, we have a baseball athlete. We have a basketball athlete. We haven't announced uh, the NBA player yet, so I'm not going to talk too much about that. But uh, <laughs> Not so too much details, guys. Just a little bit of information right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't release too much stuff, but I can tell you guys a little bit. Uh, at least you guys know that I have a basketball player now. But basically what we do is we just connect them to brands, um, and, and we do it in a really cool way. I think that you'll see a lot of it around Black Friday, around Christmas, but um, we do we do about three things. So the first thing we do is we – we ask them, all right, what what kind of brands do you want to work with, right? Because mm-hmm. essentially, like, these are, these guys don't really need necessarily the money from the brands, but it's dope to make content, try to grow their own followings, and if you can get brands involved with that, you know, even better. So we figure out what they want. Then we reach out to the brands and figure out, you know, if there's potential to partner. And then essentially what we do is we are really, really responsible for making sure that the content itself mm-hmm. is, like, really, really, really creative. So, like, not just, like, you know, sending a guy a random item, stands there, holds it up in a picture, posts it, and then mm-hmm. it's done and brand paid for it. Like, we don't want to do that. Like, so it's not like a, that, like, a, like, like a sponsor. Right and, now, but anyone like can do brand. that, you yeah. know what I mean? So we're definitely responsible a lot on the creative side of the content as well, mm-hmm. which, you know, you guys will see here in the next week or two if you follow us at B-Win Sports on Instagram. We'll plug real quick. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely awesome. It's a lot of fun, you know, growing up a big, big NFL fan, getting to, you know, work with these guys all the time. And, uh, you know, put a little extra money in their pockets and everything like that. It's It's been a blast. And it's definitely something that yeah, is going to grow so really you quickly. you said, like, you know, you, you kind of basically, uh, you kind of, like, connect them to a brand to work with them. So, like, for yourself, if you're doing that, like, that means, like, you know, you kind of you connected with, like, a lot of brands to, you know, to put them in front of people and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, it was such an easy, I don't want to say easy because it wasn't easy and it's taking, and it's way harder than I thought, but to make it sound simple, basically what it was, is it was taking, I worked with so many brands and the other thing too, is there's a lot of brands that I don't want to say tried to work with me and make it sound like I rejected it, but there's a lot of brands that I know that I just had, didn't literally work with publicly. So that I have a lot of relationships and then I had a lot of relationships with 
pro athlete. So it's kind of like, all right, like this is all I got to do. I got to take the two things, put them together. <laughs> now, it's a lot harder than that. But I mean, that was, that, that's really kind of what it boils down to is I kind of was just, it, it, I knew that, you know, working hard and everything like that, I'd be able to do this kind of thing. So I was like, you know, how do you not, you know? Yeah. So like, so kind of, so kind of tell, you know, we were talking about before the call, but kind of explain to people, like, how did you kind of like make, you know, form B1 sports? Like, like, you know, was it always a thought in your mind? Like, how did it kind of come to be about, you know, you say you were friends with athletes, but you were friends with these brands, but you kind of just merged it together. How did you kind yeah. of think of like the idea to even do that at first? I mean, I'd been sitting on the idea for, for a couple months and it, the first time it really, really hit me like, okay, like this actually has a lot of potentials. One of my, one of my boys on the Chargers would hit me up for different shoes and stuff like that. And I would be like, yeah, like I could probably get it for you from StockX or from whoever, or I can try to get it to for retail at least, whatever it is. And so finally he asked me and I'm like, dude, I can't ask for another three pair of shoes for you. Cause like, you know what I mean? Like, like I wasn't like the kind of person I would buy it mm-hmm. and then be like, oh, here it is for free. So you'll be my friend. Like I, I like, I don't care enough to do that. You know what I mean? And they're, they're actually friends of mine. So I don't think they'd want me to do that anyways. And so I was like, dude, I can't ask again. But like, I was like, why don't you ask for yourself? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're an NFL athlete, you know, you're a captain on the team. Like ask, you know what I mean? Like you'll get it. I'm sure there's someone who will give it to you. He's like, how do I even do that? Like, where do I start? And then it kind of hit me. I was like, they don't know where to start. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not only they're not where to start. They don't know who to hit up, when to hit them up, how, you know, their agent isn't doing it for them because their agent, you know what I mean? Like they own you know, 10% of their NFL contract, it's millions of dollars. They don't care to get them a free pair of shoes or, you know, headphones or whatever it is. And then like, you know, like sponsored content on top of that. And I was like, I care. You know what I mean? Like I could do this kind of thing for you guys. And, um, and so that was kind of really how it started. I was like, okay, like there's definitely a need for this. And I think the hardest part of anyone who would want to do anything with celebrities is getting to know the celebrities. And so yeah. the fact that I knew them kind of definitely was a big, you know, shortcut, if you will. I mean, it was obviously not super easy to meet them, but it definitely put me in a position where I was able to make it happen. Make it and happen so, so, like, that's my, that was going to be my next question. Like, you know, with, like you said, it's not easy to kind of get in contact with these celebrities and these people. So how were you able to, you know, manage to, you know, get connected with them and, you know, have a close relationship with them? Sure. So um, it all kind of started, oof, I want to say end of 2016. I had about 50,000, 60,000 subscribers. So. Oh, wow. It was getting there. I had been on YouTube for, you know, six, seven months. So it was going pretty quick. I went to the Chargers game and uh, I reached out to anyone I could. For a while, it was like I wasn't really getting responses. Yeah. It was like, no, nah, like, we don't need this. And, you know, NFL teams are very different. They don't necessarily care about a YouTuber because it's like mm-hmm. we're an NFL team. Like, we don't need a YouTuber. But so anyway, so I get to I go to this game. They're playing the Buccaneers. They were still in San Diego at the time. It was their last year in San Diego. So I got field passes before the game, and I go on the field with my vlog camera, which I got approved to do, and I'm vlogging around. This lady comes out to me and starts talking to me about what I'm filming, you know, because she's, like, never really seen, like, a 16- or 17-year-old kid on the field holding a camera like this, trying to get the player's attention while they're warming up and stuff like that. I didn't really know any players back then. And so she comes to me, we're talking, we're talking. She's like, oh, come sit with me. I'm like, oh, like, I have seats. It's okay. She's like, no, 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 come sit with me. I'm like, okay, like, not sure what's going on. So... She brings me up to the owner's box. It was a her name's Susie Spanos. It was a Dean Spanos' wife. So that was a blast. Uh, I was actually with my dad at the game. So he got to come to the owner's box. And it was a blast. I met anyone there was to me. I met, you know, the GM, wow. you know, there's some, uh, AJ who does a lot. I don't know his official title, but you know, he does a lot. I don't want him to speak, but so I made a lot of relationships that day. And the biggest one was his name's Joel. He's like, uh, I want to say he's like, 
senior VP of marketing. I don't know what his role is either, but um, really amazing guy who's really, really, really into YouTube. And so he was kind of like my in with the Chargers. So that was toward the end of the season. So the next season comes around. And so basically what happened is in, I want to say October, which was this past October, about a year, a month ago, they have what's called My Cause, My Cleats, which is where every NFL player gets like their cleats painted by whoever they want for the charity that they support, and they get to wear them to a game whether or not they match the team colors or not. Okay. And so they were like, we think it'd be good content for you, and we think it'd be kind of cool if you come in, all the players will show off their cleats for your video, and then like talk about their charity, all that kind of stuff, and you can like judge it and like you know mm-hmm. give third, second, first to whichever ones you think. And I was like, okay, like I'll get to meet all the guys, whatever. <laughs> so I come down to the practice facility um, and they like completely surprised me all this stuff. Like it was almost like a, like those kinds of things where basically what they'll do is they'll like make you a player for the day kind of thing. Okay. Like I show up and they have like this just win Chargers jersey for me. Wow, and, that's awesome. And they had like a cubicle set up for me and they like made like a name plate that's like had the Chargers branding and said Blake went on. All is that this how you got? To, is that how? Can I, can I ask real quick? Is that how you got your uh, your Chargers jersey? Because I did see that jersey a lot on your. Yeah, your yeah okay. they gifted me that when I went for for this event. That's so. Sweet. Went to practice a little bit during the day, threw the ball around a little bit, uh, you know, met a lot of players. I mean, I was there for eight hours, so I had a couple long conversations with players, and that's how I really got to know uh, a couple guys. It was Hayes Pillard, who is one of the B1 sports athletes we've announced, uh, Travis Benjamin, um, and this is only, for, I guess only the football fans know this, but Travis Benjamin, Corey Legit, and Melvin Gordon were like the four that like I really got to know like the first time I went. And so that was like really exciting to me. And so I was like, I'm going to come back next week. So next week they're playing Cleveland. I come back, or Miami, I don't know. I come back, and before the game, they're like, we have a surprise for you. Check this out. I guess it makes more sense now, but I didn't really understand why they reached out to me to have me film a video for my channel. I'm like, all these NFL players don't care about shouting out their, you know, their freaking cleats on my YouTube. Like, why are they doing this? What I didn't realize is they took that video and they played it pregame of the game where they wore the cleats. So on the Jumbotron, they're playing, like, my video in front of however many people were there, you know. I have the screenshot 27 minutes before kickoff. And so that was super dope. They're playing with audio. So like this entire team, you hear my voice. So I'm just saying it like, you know, it's weird because like <laughs> my videos would always get, you know, 60 plus thousand views pretty much. Yeah. But like people, that many people have seen it, but like I was also watching like, you know, 16 or 17,000 people watch at the same watching time. Stuff, yeah. That was a really interesting experience uh-huh. because you know, it's, you see the number on the screen, but you never, obviously 60,000 people, don't watch it at the same time in the same place. So to watch like 17,000 people kind of watch it at once was like kind of really like an interesting thing to experience as a YouTuber. But so I go on the field that game, got a lot closer with the players, you know, still relationship building, met more players come back three weeks later. That's when it like really, really kind of took off for me. It was when I had a lot of their numbers by then. So I'm texting them and I'm like, I texted Hayes and I was like, yo, like I have a pair of shoes I want to give you. Um, it was a pair of bench storms that were too big on me and I knew he was a size 12 and I'm like, yo, I have a pair of shoes I want to give to you. I'm going to be on the field during the game anyways. Like, let's, let's do it after the game. He's like, I got a better idea. He's like, let's do a jersey swap. Like, I'll give you my game jersey. You give me the shoes and we'll take like pictures and stuff like that. I was like, okay, hell yeah. You know, so I still have, I still have his game jersey. And so we do that and that video got like 700,000 views. It's like one of my more viewed videos. Yeah. And so that changed everything because that put the Chargers on notice. They're like, oh, wow. Like, this actually, like, did something for us. Yeah, it kind of boosted up. Yeah, most definitely. That's crazy how, you know, how you kind of... That was it. Yeah, especially, you know, especially having your video play on the Jumbotron, you know, that's kind of, like, next level, having it on, like, a football stadium. You know, everyone's good to see, you know, you made the video for these athletes recording the video, you know, the cuts, cleats. That's that's pretty dope experience. So, 
you know, what kind of made you start your agency now? Like, why why do you think it was a perfect time for, like, right now to start your agency? You know, I think the reason it's a perfect time is because right now I know all the brands. Mm -hmm. I still have my YouTube going on, and I know all the players. And the thing about me is it, it's not even that I want to say this is the right time because I don't really look at it like that. I yeah, look at okay. it as, like, I'm breathing. Like, I'm here. It's the mm -hmm. right time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not something that I'm, like, should I wait six months before I start it? It's like, hell no. Like, no, I started now. Yeah. Do it, you know, like, I don't. I've never been someone who I'm like, I'm going to wait. Like mm -hmm. I will wait while I decide if it's something I want to do because I'm very a hundred or zero and almost to a fault. Like if I don't like a class in school, like I will pass it, but like I will take every shortcut, which I probably shouldn't be saying on YouTube because I know I got a lot of kids watching it. So don't do that yourselves. But it's a, it's a bad thing I got mentally where like, I'm like, if I don't care about it, I'm like, hell no. And if I care about it, like I'm all in with mm -hmm. it. So so you rather you kind of see you kind of see it as a perspective like you know you rather not waste the time that you have now but utilize yeah. and execute that time to make something out of it right yeah and I mean I took my time to think about whether or not I wanted to start it mm -hmm. because that's the biggest thing but once I decided I wanted to start it there was never a question of like when's the right time you know what I mean okay. I, I, if if now's not the right time and I'm not good enough at what I'm trying to do then I'm going to fail which sounds really easy but you know what I mean it, yeah. I I've never been the kind of kid that like thinks that I'll fail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I just, um, I've been very, very, I don't want to say lucky, but I've been very blessed to have, you know, a work ethic that's allowed me to not really fail very much in life. Like mm -hmm. I have like, you know, what you can call micro failures, like things that I do that I'm like, why the hell did you do that? Like really, <laughs> yeah. like you really thought that was a good idea. Uh -huh. But like, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know what I mean? Like never business out fires anyways. Before. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. If you set the fire yourself, that's your fault. But mm -hmm. I had to do that many, many times, you know. And so before we move to the next question, like the uh, getting back to like, you know, uh, you throwing the football on the field. Like, guys, if you haven't checked out Blake's page first off, like, yo, this kid has an arm. Like I've been I've been checking out your bill. Like when you got the beach and stuff, dude, you can actually throw a little bit, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I played it's a lot. It's different from the skills that you yeah. did that you had at uh sneaker con hoops classes. People but, don't understand about the hoops classes. <laughs> Is that there's two very very different kinds of YouTubers. The kind of YouTubers like me that play in that game that like I'm there to like almost yeah. like a Pro Bowl kind uh -huh. of vibe. I'm like let's have fun with yeah, it. Like during the game, yeah. like I like I remember like I made a three, ran over to the bench, like I had a T-shirt under my seat, and like ran over the crowd and threw it like while they're still playing. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to have fun with it. Yeah. Where Some then there's like another group of guys that are like, yeah, I'm an NBA player. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I'm just, all in. Time to go. Time to go. <laughs> run around, try to drop a triple-double and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just man. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I got, yeah, like, like oh, it's, it's, just, it's just for the kids, man. Nice. <laughs> Most definitely. But, hey, um, so so moving on, like, you know, you uh, last time we were, you were on the show, you, uh, you you didn't open up your sneaker store yet, but now you have a sneaker store. Kind of get into that and tell a few about your sneaker store. So I had it in March. Mm -hmm. um, I had it until about July, and then I actually sold the portion of it that I owned. It wasn't my store completely. Okay. I was invested in it. Oh, I okay. sold my portion. Um because we grew the business a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it was going really, really well. I think it is still going really, really, really well. Dylan still runs it. Um, you know, Dylan Flex on YouTube. Um, he still runs it. It's doing real well. But um, it's hard because, right, it's a brick and mortar store. Yeah. And so my thing is I was like. So were you just like an investor in it or like just a part ownership of the business? Um, they, the business was open. I came in. I pay a little bit for 20%. Okay. Sold it back. I made money on the investment. But more than that, it wasn't really about that. It was about. You know what I mean? Like the experience of having brick and mortar, because that was something that at 18 is a really hard experience to come by. I was like, I'm going to insert myself in this right in this retail space, you know, get a little feel, get a little experience for the ins and outs of it. Learned a lot. And that to me is worth way more than than, you know, the financial profit of it. But um, it just didn't make a lot of sense 
and I, and I, and this was kind of the plan going into it. It wasn't like I, you know, kind of switched it up on them. The plan going into it was I was going to be there for, you know, X amount of months mm -hmm. and then take a step back because, um, at that time, I don't think I had decided I was going to Fordham, but I wasn't going to UNLV. So it was going to be kind of tough once college started to, you know, that's what I was going to ask, but you know, like kind of in college, it's kind of hard to like manage a store, but also in college at the same time when it's, you know, you're in, and your store is like it was in Vegas, I believe, right? At 18 years old, you know, kind of like you, you said like the brick and mortar. Kind of explain the experience for someone, an, an average 18 year old kid, they're not going to be, you know, owning the store. They're in college and school or doing something else, you know. So kind of explain your experience going through that and like the phases of it. It was interesting. So um, I guess the best way to describe it would almost be uh, there's a show on CNBC called The Profit with Marcus Lemonis. It's like a, it's a yeah. really, really okay. interesting show. Highly recommend you know, anyone listening to this, check it out if you're into business and stuff like that, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast. But it kind of shows you coming into a business. I mean, they come into failing businesses, which in all fairness, I didn't really do. It wasn't a failing business, but you come into it and it's easy, you know, because you're a fresh set of eyes. You haven't been there for the come up, so you don't have any emotional attachment to anything. You come in with strictly, yeah. you know, business principles at heart and you say, okay, this works, this doesn't, this doesn't. So when I first came in, we did a big event where, I mean, we had hundreds of people show up, wait in line. We, like, did a crazy sale to, like, get rid of inventory that was a little slower. Okay. You know, we, we kind of changed our buying strategy. We added different marketing things. Like, we had, like, Saturday events sometimes, and then we would go to sneaker cons and stuff like that. So I, I kind of just took my knowledge because I was a reseller on eBay. I've been a YouTuber. I've been a collector. You know, I've been in every role in the sneaker community mm -hmm. at, like, you know, the largest quote unquote scale, right? The top rated eBay, the sneaker con vendor, the YouTuber and the hoops class. So I've seen it all. And so um, I definitely think I brought in a perspective to that business that at times scared the crap out of them, but I think they're glad I did it on one of my business partners. Well, I think that's good though, right? Sometimes, you know, if, if you don't feel intimidated by your business partner, then you kind of, oh, yeah. you kind of have the wrong business partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually two of them. One of them, uh, is actually about to have a baby and now, you know, his life's a little bit more set up and, uh, and Dylan's doing great, um, in Vegas. And so it's good. You know, I mean, I'm definitely glad I did it. It's interesting though, because the biggest thing that I was, that I could feel doing an in-store thing is I was like, this is going great, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. But at the same time, I was like, this like <laughs> online is right. It just gave me such a feel it of how much bigger e-commerce uh -huh. is, which yeah. I think was the most valuable thing I learned from it. It's like, yes, you can make a store successful if you work at it. And, there's definitely plenty of room to have stores, but at the same time, like, I mean, e-commerce is just, that's yeah. the future. So I guess if, out of everything, it made me more aware that this is, you know, yeah, 28. So that's what, that's what we're kind of getting to right now. You know, with, I have a few business partners that we're trying to build an e-com store, you know, like e-com travel store, you know, we have 150 products, but like you said, you know, that's, that's kind of future, but running the business, but running the online store is difficult to maintain, but it's at the same time, it's a process of learning, you know, with a fresh side of eyes, but also, you know, ideas to, to make the business grow, you know? So yeah, I got a few more questions before, uh, before you questions. leave. So, you know, like, um, so, you know, a lot of people, like you, you had your, um, you were an investor or say part ownership of a sneaker store. You have your own agency. So a lot of people that are young entrepreneurs who doesn't have, you know, the capital to start uh, a business, what advice could you give them that, you know, to start making money or who wants to be their own boss and stuff? All right. So this will take me like a minute to answer, but um, I think, I think, you know, hopefully if it can motivate one person out there. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm not the kind of person who wants to be all motivational, but I, I think that this is definitely a good answer to the question because it's the truth, which is I didn't just start in a sports agency. Mm -hmm. I didn't just start a YouTube channel. I didn't just start a sneaker store. It was all a process. Like I said, everything's kind of a stepping stone. So 
everything that you see right now, everything I could talk about, every mm-hmm. everything that is the Blake Wynn, Just Win, whatever grant started with $45 eight years ago at an Adidas outlet, right? I told a story, I think on the last yeah. podcast, I walk in, these two pairs of shoes are $19.99, they're worth $199.99. I bought both. Um, they both sold the next day for 107 each. I, but like the way eBay works, the money doesn't clear for like three days. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I didn't really have it. My mom was like, oh, I'll get you a box. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not how I want to do this. Went back to the outlet store on my bicycle, jumped into, it's, it's not a dumpster. I don't want to make it sound like it's a dumpster. It's a cardboard dumpster where every store throws away cardboard. I found boxes that fit the shoes. Mm-hmm. Went back home. Like, keep in mind, this Allen Mall was an eight-mile bike ride. It's a very yeah. safe area, but it's an eight-mile bike ride. So I'm riding my you know, bike, holding these yeah. boxes, box them up. I had to take two trips on my bicycle to the post office because I couldn't carry two boxes of shoes at the same time. And that was like two, two miles each way. But it wasn't even about the money. That's what, that was so interesting about it. And that's, you know, in retrospect, I think why I was able to be so patient. You know, mm-hmm. this is what you're seeing now is really eight years in the making. With $45, right after that $45, then I had $220 because of that sale and so on and so forth. And now eight years later, you know, I live alone in New York City. But I think legitimately because it was never about the money, it was possible, you know, because like the most exciting thing I had from that, like I legitimately remember being in that dumpster thing. Like, this is so sick. Like, I'm literally shipping out something that I sold. Like, this is so sick. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm in a dumpster. You know? That <laughs> was it. Because it's the entrepreneur journey. Like, you know, you like you say, you know, your mom could have offered to get you some boxes. She would be like, nah, I'm good. Like, let, let me try to figure out. So you you kind of found, like, a dumpster and got some free boxes and, you know, shipped out the shit, yeah. but still made profits. So, like, that's that's kind of like the journey. But, like, also what a lot of people don't understand is, like, they, had, they actually had to put in the work and, like, do the extra things necessary to, to be where, you know, like, you are today in the you know, the platform that you have. Yeah. I mean, like, so yeah, I mean, I guess to any kid out there that doesn't really have money, I, I would say, look, you're a kid. I'm everyone on this planet. I don't care how old you are. Like maybe if you're under the age of six, maybe not, but if you can come up with $45 somehow, mm-hmm. I, I don't care how, but you can come up with $45. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So essentially if you can come up with 45, out $45, a work ethic and time, which every kid has, because like you said, it's a younger demographic. Like if it takes you 10 years to be successful and you start at 15, do you realize that means at 25 you're successful? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like people don't think of it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, crap, like it's been a year and I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire, yeah. So, like, so you think it's like more like a short-term game like that people don't need to be focused on, but kind of need to focus like on the long-term, like the future and stuff. Yeah, I mean, people aren't patient. You know, that's really what it is. is people. Yeah. It's hard to be patient. A lot of people don't understand that as well. I'm just being patient with my YouTube channel. I yeah. thought, like, like I'm doing this shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, like, like, the fact that it was growing in the meantime, like, I never in the last eight years have felt like I was patient. Mm-hmm. I feel, ext- like, extremely not patient because I'm in love with the journey. But the journey, the fact that I'm willing to take the journey, mm-hmm. like, makes it look like I'm patient because I'm not quitting. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like okay. a mindset thing where it's, like, you don't even realize that you're patient, but you just are. Okay, okay. So it's basically kind of like enjoying the journey, kind of being. So I understand what you you're saying. Enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, then see that's the thing. If you don't enjoy it, then it is a matter of like, okay, be patient be to patient. make this. Yeah. The next question is: All right, for uh, this year, what are your top three sneakers uh, of the year nomination for 2018? Uh, those Halloween off-white blazers. Okay. That shoe is so sick. Yeah. Uh, the off-white collection been really pop, really high and popping yeah, this year. Like, that's really what I've been buying lately. Like yeah. I, I don't want to be that kind of person, but I'm like, I'm, as soon as you said that, I was like, off-white, 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 <laughs> off-white. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, that's really what I've been rocking with. Them. 
I love those off white uh, Serena Air Max. Okay. 97. Yeah. yeah. I've been rocking those a lot lately. Wave Runners, Yeezys. Uh, what else came out? Travis Scott's Force. Oh, the Travis Scott Air Forces are cool. Those, yeah. I'm not really a big fan of those. I think I'm more into the Cactus, uh, Cactus Jack Ford than, than the Air Forces. Those are cool, too. Those are cool. I, I forgot about the Travises. Yeah, those Air Forces are, are really dope. So, guys, we're kind of coming to a close. Blake has uh, – he's a really busy man. Uh, he has some things to take care of. But, Blake, thanks for taking the time to do this. But, you know, before we, we leave, would you like to tell people a message, where they can find you at, and, you know, anything you want to say to them? Yeah, so if you want to see this episode on YouTube, come check out my second channel on YouTube, Blake Wynn, my main channel, Just when You guys will see – behind scenes this whole day i had a few meetings before this literally in um, two minutes and 30 seconds i got a call with uh, the new york times and then more interviews stock at, like always doing stuff so come check it out but follow me on instagram just underscore win uh, and send me a message if you guys need anything i try to respond to my dms when i can i don't always so don't get mad at me but i try so if you guys need anything let me know most definitely blake thank you again for taking the time to do this thank you guys for tuning into the podcast if you love it Please leave a subscribe, rating, and review. Until next time, guys, it's the Millennium Movement. We are. Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. Pitch hitting, the catcher number two. Also, Karen in row J eating the hot dog. Did you mean to tip 167% yesterday at Lake Cafe restaurant? Just checking. So, meet Eno. The Capital One assistant that catches things that might look wrong, like over-tipping, then sends an alert to your phone and helps you fix it. Eno. Another way Capital One is watching out for your money when you're not. Capital One. What's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details. Limitations apply. Today at 5 on NBC4. He's a good boy. One year ago, their son was killed in an accident at school. You send your kid off in the morning and then they're supposed to come home. Now, these local parents talk exclusively with Susan Hogan. What gets you through the hardest times? Remembering their little boy. It was the three of us all the time. I miss that. The emotional interview and new law protecting all our kids after our consumer investigation. It is a good thing that is coming out of it. Today at 5 on NBC4.